and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry, which is a romance novel. It is a friends-to-lovers romance novel, and it follows two best friends who've been best friends for 12 years? 10 years? They've been friends for 10 to 12 years, and... Uh, then they, were, they had a falling out two years ago, and every year they go on a big summer vacation together. And this year, the main character, Poppy, has decided to resurrect these vacations and try and bring life back into their friendship after they haven't talked in about two years. And then it goes from there. Now, this book, you may or may not have heard of it. If, you, uh, if you're involved in the book community other than just my podcast, then I would be shocked if you haven't heard of it because it is a super hyped up romance novel. Emily Henry is the author of Beach Read, which I put on my best books of 2020 list. I do not have an episode of it because I read that book before I started my podcast. I do want to reread it, although I did get a lot of books for Christmas, so it probably won't be, if I read it again this year, it probably won't be until the late spring, early summer. But it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. And so I was excited for whatever her next book was going to be. And I'm going to talk a bit more about my skepticism going into this book later in the discussion section. But this book was super hyped up, but there was something about the premise that I wasn't sure about. Again, I'm going to go more into detail later on. So I actually passed on it when it came up for book of the month for, I don't know what month it was, April. For April 2021, I ended up passing on it and I picked, I think that's the month I picked Arsenic and Adobo instead, which I really liked. But if you listen to my Christmas episode about the holiday swap, then you'll know that I picked that book only so I could get this one because it was in the top five book of the month picks. And so I got it for free, and uh, it was the very last book I read in 2021. You're not hearing it until about a month into 2022, or hearing about it. But it was really, really good, and I definitely would recommend it. Um, so I'm going to issue a spoiler warning here. If you don't want people we meet on vacation to be spoiled, stop, go read the book. I would definitely recommend it, and then come back and listen to this episode Okay, so without further ado, I'm going to get into the plot summary. I'm going to describe this book to you all before I get into the discussion section. So, like I said, this book is following Alex and Poppy, two best friends. They go on a vacation every summer together, and they ended up meeting in college, and they are complete opposites. Poppy comes from this family... Okay, I literally... You know how I do, but... I always start doing the the discussion set, the plot summary. What am I even saying? I always start the plot summary and then I'm like, wait, this is what I wanted to talk about in the discussion section. Because when I'm writing my notes for these, first of all, my notes are very, very minimal. And they're just like little, like three or four word bullet points of things I want to talk about. And then, oh, I don't know if you can hear that, but there's some sirens going off outside. So sorry if that's coming through in the audio here. But, um... Anyways, I always forget some of the major points, and so I just remembered it. Okay, so, like I said, this is a friends-to-lovers romance, and it follows the two best friends, Poppy, who the story's told only from her perspective, and then Alex. They met in college, but they didn't really become friends until the end of their freshman year when Alex drove Poppy back home, because it turns out that they are from neighboring small towns in Ohio. And so... 
they take this car ride back and they end up by the end of it becoming good friends and then they become best friends over the course of the next few years and every year they take a summer vacation together. The book starts off in present day and Alex and Poppy have not spoken in about two years other than wishing each other a happy birthday because something went down two years ago on their summer vacation and kind of ruined their friendship but we don't know what. And so Poppy is a travel not necessarily a travel blogger. She used to be a travel blogger, but now she works for this company called Rest and Relaxation. And so she writes for a travel magazine. And so she loves traveling. She loves writing, doing all these different things. And so her and Alex used to like go on these trips. So now she is just facing kind of uh, the moment in your career when you her friend ends up describing it as like you've reached all your goals that you've been striving for, so you feel very unsettled, if that makes sense. And so her friend Rachel, I think, says like, when was the last time you were happy? The last time she was happy was when she was on vacation with Alex two years ago. So she decides she's going to call him up and invite him on another vacation to try and resurrect their friendship and really bring that happiness back into her life. So she ends up calling, well, they text a little bit, and then she ends up calling and asking if he wants to go on vacation with her, and she's like, okay, R&R will pay for it, they'll take my picture, I'll write about it, and it'll be great. But Alex's youngest brother is getting married that summer, so he already has his vacation planned out. They're getting married in Palm Springs, so Poppy says, you know what, that's fine, let's just come three days before the wedding festivities, and we'll have our little vacation and then she gets invited to the wedding because she knows his whole family even though she hasn't seen them in a long time and they're like yeah why don't you just come as well and so she's kind of Alex's date but not really she's been invited and she's like I have six days I can resurrect our friendship but her work will not pay for the trip because they don't want to do an article on Palm Springs during the summer because people are not going to Palm Springs during the summer because it's really, really hot, apparently. I've never been. But I guess it's like a winter California vacation area. Not really sure. Anyway, so she ends up having to do it the old-fashioned way. When they were younger and poor, they would go on a vacation, but they would do the real cheap and easy, like they would rent a car off of somebody on Facebook. They would stay in like horrible hotels or whatever things like that just like doing the crazy like not doing crazy stuff per se but not doing the like expensive stuff that if she was going on an R&R trip which is the name of her company the short version she would be able to do and so but she tells Alex that work is paying for it so that he doesn't feel like weird about it things like that and things are like kind of awkward because you know they haven't spoken in two years but we don't know why and one other thing about this book is that it alternates between this summer and then telling the stories of all the summers prior. So it says like the, it tells you like the summer they met and then the summer they took the road trip back home. And then it goes and tells you about all the different summer vacations that they went on. So I'm probably not gonna touch on all the different summer vacations, although they were vital parts of the plot mostly because this is how you're seeing their friendship and then relationship in general grow and build and you're getting a good idea of the interaction between the characters. It was honestly genius and you had to have, this book could not have been written if it didn't have the back and forth between past and present. And I really enjoyed the past scenes a lot. Um, I might talk about some of the highlights from those specifically like four summers ago and two summers ago, maybe also three summers ago 
as well as I go through this, but for the most part, I'm gonna stick with the present timeline. So anyways, they're going on this vacation. It is a bust. Alex has some sort of back problem, so we can't even get out of bed one night or one day really because it's like really bad. And so Poppy like takes care of him. And then he's like, you need to go take the pictures and stuff for work, so go and do that. But she's like miserable. She was like, I have such little time to like make this work with him. She goes back and they end up kind of talking around what happened two summers ago. But again, you're still not really sure. And they're talking about like dating and how Alex, he after um, graduating from college, he ended up doing a master's program in Indiana, doing an MFA. So fiction, creative writing and then moving back to Ohio to their small town and um, he teaches there but he also writes and gets his short stories and stuff published like in different magazines and stuff like you know impressive stuff but he also kind of was the caretaker for his brothers because when his mom died when he was young his dad kind of checked out he kind of had to take care of them so he's been at home and like a lot of the beginning part of the book is just Poppy realizing like all the things she's missed out on Alex's life since then. There's kind of talk about whether or not he's getting back together with his ex-girlfriend Sarah Torval uh, because she also teaches there and they have dated seriously twice now and then the next day their place they're staying in like the AC doesn't work and they're miserable and the two of them the sexual tension just builds and then they end up you know just having sex on the balcony in the rain and kind of like a moment it's like a watershed moment I guess and then the next few days are all hunky-dory they are like it's the wedding festivities they're having so much fun they've kind of confessed their love for each other like things are coming together until they don't because then it's the last day they're like leaving but they're going back to different lives Poppy lives in New York Alex lives in Ohio their lives are very different and Alex is under the impression that Poppy does not want a family, does not want to like, like doesn't want children, doesn't want pets, doesn't want like the stable life that he wants to build. Whereas Poppy's under the impression that Alex doesn't actually want her for more than just a weekend or a week, you know? And so like, there's just all this tension building between them that like, if they're they love each other, but their lives are so different that they don't know if they can be together. So they end up like Alex is like, oh, the other part of the conflict is that Poppy says that like, they're talking about like why they went on this trip and Alex finds out that her work didn't actually pay for it. And then she was like, I just, the last time I was happy was when I was with you. I just like wanted that again. And so he is misinterpreting what she's saying and she's saying it poorly. So he doesn't think she actually wants him long-term and to make this commitment. And she's like not explaining things correctly. And then if we flip to the past real briefly, because I, no, I'll just talk about that later. But like the conflict that was two years ago is that they both get really drunk in Tuscany and they kiss, and this is like reminiscent, why I'm bringing it up is that it's kind of the same conflict that we're seeing come up again now, is that they kiss and then Alex stops them because they're drunk and that like having sex would mean something to him and he doesn't know if it would mean something to Poppy. And so then he thinks that she didn't actually want him so they stop talking and she thinks the same thing. So basically they're under this impression that both of them were like, this is a mistake. It's kind of like the same thing that's going on. So that's why they don't speak to each other for two years after that. And it's like super weird. Like Poppy kind of explains it as like, I kept thinking he would reach out and he never did. And I just couldn't, I don't know, you know how it'd be. Anyways, so they go back and they don't 
she keeps i think trying to call him i can't remember and he's just like no don't do that and she is just miserable her mentor at work is like what's up what's up with you and she ends up realizing that she's not happy with her job so she does end up quitting it and at the end you find out that she's got this new job she has a column i'm guessing in a newspaper which is called People of New York. So it's kind of, is it called People of New York? It's reminiscent of the People of New York thing where she goes around and interviews people and like talks about their lives because she realizes that that's what she's really enjoyed about traveling is meeting people and hearing about their lives and things like that. And then um, she also starts therapy. He also starts therapy because both of them need it because they have a lot of deep-seated issues. Like she hates Ohio because she was bullied because her family like and the other thing she's just like she loves her family but she's always so insecure about bringing boyfriends to meet them because she thinks they won't understand them and like all this other stuff and Alex is dealing with all the trauma of like having to basically care for his siblings and be a father figure because his father was not a father figure you know all that stuff and then she ends up deciding that she like needs to tell him like how she feels so she flies back to Ohio, she has some time with her parents, and then she tries to catch him at the school, but he's not there, and Sir Torvald's there, and she's like, he's at this bar. So she goes there, and she basically confesses her love, which they've already exchanged I love you's, but she also is talking about, like, how she wants to build this life with him, and all these different things, and she's like, even if I've missed my chance, if we're not meant to be, like, I couldn't live my life without telling you this. And then he is kind of like, it's too late like we're not gonna work we don't want the same thing so she leaves and cries but then she he chases her out and they kind of talk a little bit more and then they make up and kiss and then the epilogue is it's not I don't think it's actually a year later maybe it's a like eight months later I don't know anyways in the epilogue they're doing touristy things in New York and you find out that Alex was stayed in Ohio to finish out the fall semester and then found a substitute like long-term teaching job in New York for the spring and then like the summer was coming up and they're going on this Norway um Sweden Nor Norway and somewhere else vacation that they didn't get to go on previously a different summer the summer she got sick what a great what a great flashback scene or chapter and that then after that, they're going to spend the whole t- the rest of the summer in Ohio. So they're kind of trying on the different places and figuring out where they're going to live. And they've worked through their problems and they're together now. So that is kind of the plot of people we meet on vacation. I feel like I've glossed over a lot of important things, but especially because I didn't tell you any of the past stories, but I'm trying to be sh- quick. I don't know if I was because I restarted my plot summary. So I think I have like two or three minutes to delete so I don't actually know how long this took me but hopefully that gave you a good idea of the plot and now we're gonna move on into the discussion section so I want to first start you know what let's just start with the love of the dual timeline and kind of going into a little bits and pieces of it because it really like I said I think I talked about in the middle of the plot summary so if you typically skip the plot summary you missed out but maybe not because I might just repeat myself Do people skip the plot summary? Let me know. So I love the dual timeline. Like I said, this book does not, is not as good without the dual timeline because it is really, obviously I like wanted to know what was going on in the present because at first I was like, actually this kind of goes with my other point about my skepticism about reading this book. I was not sure if I wanted to read this book. So I'm kind of merging these two points together. And I loved Beach Read, like I said. So 
last spring, like right a few months before people we meet on vacation came out. So I guess it wasn't spring, but I was on a walk outside and I was like, you know what? What is Emily Henry up to? Like, what is this next book going to be? I went on her website and I saw people we meet on vacation. Now, first, we must say that the orange and green cover is fabulous. I love it. I wish I didn't have the book of the month version because I don't like the yellow book of the month symbol. And I think that the orange is more vibrant in the paperback, but that's okay. I got this book for free. And so that I'm not going to get the other one. This is great. Anyways, um, so I was like, oh, this is a cool cover. And then I read the description. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be for me, which is why I originally did not pick it up because there was something about it's interesting because one of the reasons I didn't want to pick it up was the dual timeline sort of thing. I was just like, because you know, going into it that they haven't spoken in 10 or not 10 years in two years. And I was like, I don't know if I want to deal with that mess. I was like, I'm not sure if I want that. So I was like hesitant about that. Something about like, like the idea that she's like okay because a lot of the ways people describe this is like this is one last that she convinces him to go on one last vacation which is not really what happens so I feel like sometimes when you frame a book wrong it can like really change how somebody like uh, thinks of it before they read it which is very interesting to me um psychology is interesting but um so there was just these things that was making me skeptical I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this, like, travel blogger, like, sort of thing. I don't know how I feel. Like, it was mostly this fact that they hadn't spoken for two years because I love A Friends to Lovers because the angst and the pining is just so good. Like, this idea that you love them, but you love your friendship, so you can't ruin it, so you don't want to, like, say anything. It just gets me every time. I don't, I don't know. It just really does. But, like, the fact that they just haven't spoken is like uh, uh. I was like I don't know I don't know if I can do it which is why I was hesitant and then it got super hyped up like everybody was talking about it everybody was like giving it five stars loving it blah 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 so I was like I I was just like uh, I don't know but I'm so glad I gave it a chance I also think because I was hesitant it's like a weird thing of me being hesitant but also only hearing good things but, like, I tried to go into it with an open mind, and the book really did blow me away. It was so good. I put it on my contenders for best books of 2021 list in my wrap-up uh, episode from the earlier this month. But that's mostly because I just, like I said there, like, I don't have, I haven't had enough time to sit with it to decide if it would be on the list or if it's just a contender. Like, you need more than just four days to decide that because that was how much time had passed since I'd finished it and I recorded that other episode but so I was very skeptical going in but I was uh, proven wrong it is in fact great like everybody is talking about and part of the reason why I did like it was that dual timeline and like seeing I part of it is just like seeing their friendship develop is great and I think the way their friendship is written is really true to friendships or just like relationships in general one of the things that stuck out to me is how they had these different sayings and you see like each summer they have some sort of different saying going on like um I can't remember the summer they're in San Francisco it's something like we have to be on theme so anytime that they kind of want to buy something or do something the other one convinces them by saying it's on theme which just or like they, I don't know, there was like all these different sayings each summer that they kind of came up with that were like 
part of it. And then that felt like very true because that's something me and my friends do whenever we get together and we've been together for a long time is that like we just come up with these different phrases and sayings and they just become part of the lingo even though they're not real sayings to the rest of the world if that makes sense so like seeing that in here i was like this is true friendship representation although there's also underlying oh that's another thing look at me i just keep thinking of things i'm gonna jump into that right now even though i just wrote it down but like so like i just said that's true friendship representation but at the same time their friendship except for maybe the first like year or two is really not completely platonic like at all because poppy keeps having this like saying that five percent of the time she like looks at alex and is like wow like i could be in love with you or later on i am in love with you like i have such strong romantic feelings for you wow you're really hot and so i did some math i'm gonna do the math again now because i haven't done the math in a while about how much five percent is so we're gonna do five percent of 24 hours is 1.2 hours so if you are so in love with somebody for five percent of the time or you think about a romantic relationship with them five percent of the time that is 1.2 hours a day or 400 that does not make nope 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 i how would i 1.2 hours i guess then you have to multiply it by Anyways, I was trying to figure out how many days that would be in a year, but, like, I don't have enough time to figure that out right now. That's a lot of time. Like, I would say in a platonic relationship where you're, like, don't really consider dating somebody, you maybe think about, like, kissing them, maybe, I don't know, like, five, for five seconds a day that you see them. Not, like, every day. Because if you're thinking about them romantically every day, that's not a platonic relationship. Anyways, so it was not really platonic and I just wanted to point that out because I thought it was funny and she like tries to convince herself of that for a long time but it's also interesting because the both of them are dating people throughout these 10 years it's not like they're hung up on them although they are hung up on them and none of their relationships really work and one relationship in particular would be Alex and Sarah's which I want to talk about because there's this moment that's just like very weird it was the only time I read this where I was like this is weird so three summers ago, they end up doing a couple's trip. It's Poppy and her boyfriend at the time. And he, I think, also works for um, R&R. I can't remember what his name is because she has a few different boyfriends throughout. And then Alex and Sarah, which it's easy to remember Sarah because he really only seriously dates her throughout this. And while they're on this vacation, Poppy has a pregnancy scare. And she's like, totally freaked out about it and like crying and breaking down and whatever and Alex is the one who's there for her and he um comforts her and whatever and so during the present time like before they have sex the first time Poppy obviously was not expecting this and so she doesn't have any condoms so she tells him that and he says oh I had a vasectomy so it's okay because they wouldn't anyways safe sex aside because it's like still not like completely safe anyways I was like, this is weird because this man is 30. I think they're both 30 in this and has talked about previously and Poppy has talked about how he wants to have children. So I was like, why would he have a vasectomy? That's kind of weird. Like, I guess if you want to be really safe because they are reversible and he's like, they're reversible and I took precautions otherwise. So he must have frozen his sperm. But like, 
It was out of character. And then you find out later that the reason he did it was because of Poppy's pregnancy scare and how scared she was three years ago that he went home and immediately did it and didn't even mention it to Sarah or run it past her. And that's why they broke up that last time. And so um, it was it was weird because when you first hear that he had one, you don't know any of this backstory. And so you're like, this is super odd. But when you get the backstory, it makes more sense. And that's when Alex is like, I can't be dating anybody else if I'm getting vasectomies for my best friend Poppy's sake, because that's not platonic. And so like really after the like, Four summers ago, Alex and Poppy were supposed to go to Norway and Sweden or something like that because they wanted to go somewhere cold. But Poppy gets really, really sick. So she ends up not being able to go. And she says, Alex, you just go and I'll meet you there when I feel better. But instead, he comes to New York and he takes care of her. And that's when it's really not, you can't pretend it's platonic anytime really after that because the two of them like sleep in the same bed and like, she just continuously thinks about how she wants to like make out with him and how she wants to date him and all this different stuff and something almost happens but she's also a little delirious because she's sick and so it nothing ends up happening on that trip and then shortly thereafter they both end up like dating other people but you can't say they had a platonic relationship after that there was always something there this book i read also at an interesting time i was at home for the holidays and at one point, my family ended up having a discussion, a debate, an argument about whether people can be friends with somebody of the opposite sex and it's just platonic. And so it was interesting reading this book because I, in this book, the argument would be no, because the two of them are best friends, but then they end up together and they like had these simmering, simmering feelings for so long for each other. But I don't actually want to debate this right now, but I just, I read this. It was very interesting hearing what all my family members were saying. And me, meanwhile, was like two thirds of the way through this book. And I was like, well, in my mind, I didn't actually say this. I was like, well, according to this book, I would have to be on so-and-so side. But I didn't say anything. I ended up just staying out of that combo. Let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Let's talk a little bit about the conflict. I thought that the conflict was really good. One of my favorite booktubers with Cindy, she used to be read, read with Cindy, ended up like loving this book, putting it on her best books of 2021 list. And one of the reasons that she liked it so much is that the conflict, a lot of times in a romance novel, the conflict only exists because it's a book and a book needs to have conflict, if that makes sense. So there's some sort of miscommunication or like dumb argument or something like that that only exists for the sake of conflict and is resolved in the next chapter or two or something like that, which is why, for her, she never rates romance five stars usually. But in this one, and I agree with her on this, is that the conflict, like you saw the conflict coming from the very beginning and that they live in two different places, they live two very different lives, and the two of them are just very different people. Poppy is vibrant and outgoing and I want to say unapologetically herself, she wears like vintage tracksuit, not tracksuits, like uh, jumpsuits and like all this different stuff and is loud and wild and crazy. And Alex is definitely a buttoned up by the book sort of person, very serious, like whatever. And so he 
bless his heart, thinks he's boring because the first time Sarah broke up with him, he was like, you're boring. You're as interesting as the library we met in. How awful. I'm with Poppy on that they did not belong together. But anyways, so he's like, I can't keep you like, I can't give you the life you want. And she says like, it's not your job to make me happy. Just you existing makes me happy. And that's as much control over it as you have, which was really sweet. And like all this different stuff. And there's like this other point. Now I'm just gushing about the relationship. There's this other point where she talks about like how she was like really lonely for whatever in high school, how she was really lonely. And he's like, I hate that. I hate that you were ever lonely. And then he later says something like, I didn't realize I was lonely until I met you. Wow. Men, why aren't you saying that to me? What? What? But like, so they have all these really sweet, touching talks and moments and things like that but the conflict that they're very different they live in different places it makes sense why that's a conflict and I do think it gets resolved although I do have a bit like of a bone to pick with the epilogue and that it left me wanting I don't think it really if you have an epilogue the epilogue should kind of explain like what has happened and so you know that Alex has moved but it kind of makes it unclear of if they're going to stay in New York or move back to Ohio or if they're going to do this New York during the year in Ohio during the summer thing for the rest of their lives and it was just like it, I needed a little bit more closure from it that I didn't I almost would have preferred that the epilogue was like the next summer trip but it, it's okay the rest of the book was pretty great so I guess I can give it a pass on that and the conflicts like made sense and it was resolved in a way that made sense as well also speaking of Ohio and so like the author lives in it her bio says she spends most of her time in Cincinnati Ohio in the part of Kentucky just beneath it and you could tell that the author is from the Midwest in this book because she both articulates like I, this is gonna not make sense if you're not from the Midwest but like I think most people a lot of people feel this way about home is that first of all like for the Midwest she articulates very succinctly and correctly what it's like to be from the Midwest in a way that I can't really explain. Like, if you're not from there, you're just not going to get it. But, like, she explains, like, very clearly what it's like. And also, really, is like, Poppy reminded me of one of my good friends from home and, like, how she talks about, like, she can't live in Ohio. And, like, I have this friend who cannot live in Illinois. And, like, all this different stuff in a way that is also just reminiscent because there's so many people that like grow up in the Midwest and everywhere really this happens everywhere but this book said in the Midwest I'm from the Midwest so that's what I'm that's what I'm waxing poetical about but like she just like very clearly is giving you like how the how people feel about it like how they need to leave or whatever but at the same time you're getting Alex's perspective of like this love for his hometown and for the Midwest in general and things like that and I mean it's Ohio specifically in this book but like that also rings true and I don't know like as somebody who's recently moved away it I don't know I felt like both of these like tensions living inside of me and so I just really connected to that and so I just want to say that I thought that the way she wrote the Midwest was very very well done Normally when people are talking about like 
wow, I was transported. Like a lot of people like will read a book that's in New York and be like, I was transported to New York or a travel story and be like, they really captured the essence of Italy. Well, Emily Henry captured the essence of the Midwest, which is not something people try to capture very often or want to explore, but I think that she did it and she did it beautifully. The last thing that I kind of wrote down here is something that I think is a little interesting. Normally when I read a romance novel, I connect more heavily with the female main character, especially like in this book, it's only narrated from her perspective. We're not getting any of Alex's perspective, which makes sense because you need to not know what he's thinking in order for the book to work, I think. And so like, I don't care. I love a dual perspective in romance, but I also don't need it. I'm okay with just one or with both. But typically I read a romance and I tend to connect more heavily with the female main character, which makes sense as I am a female. And so it's a little bit easier to connect yourself with somebody of the same gender or sex as you. However, me and Poppy are nothing alike, but I still loved her anyway. I love a lot of times when I'm reading a romance like companion series or companion novel series, my favorite one ends up being the book where I connect most heavily with the female main character is something I've realized. However, I love a book where I am nothing like the main character, but I still love and respect them and want the best for them and like am so engrossed in their story and that's what happened here. Poppy and I are not similar. It's not that I don't love to travel, but I cannot travel like she does. I'm not, I'm not outgoing really, like these different things. So instead, what I'm trying to say is I ended up connecting more heavily with Alex, which is kind of interesting that I connected a bit more with the male main character. However, I connected with this idea of responsibility, roots, like, I don't think I'm boring, but I don't think that I'm the, like, I don't think people look at me and are like, wow, Emma's vibrant and bubbly and like all this different stuff. So like, we just like, Alex and I had similar insecurities, wants, desires, things like that. So it's kind of interesting to me that I was connecting with the male main character instead of the female main character in this book. I just thought I would share that with you, get a little vulnerable. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up because I think I'm at the end of my time, although it's hard to tell since I know I'm cutting out bits and pieces, like minutes of worth of stuff, but whatever. So let's get into the outro stuff. First of all, if you didn't get the idea, I really loved this book. This was a great, great read, and I would totally recommend it for people who like romance or think they might want to try out a romance novel. This is a great one to try. Let me know how you felt about this episode, this book, this podcast in general by either sending me an email at iReadABookOnceBlog at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram at iReadABookOnceBlog. Please follow me on Instagram because it gives me the motivation to continue to try and post and be present on Instagram and I would love you forever if you did that. Also, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on whatever podcast platform you can or you use if that is available to you. And I also want to give a shout out to McAwesome Pants for giving me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and also giving me a review um, I'm so glad that you enjoy listening to my podcast and that you find me both humorous and passionate about these. And so thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So if and if people give me some reviews, I will shout you out as well. McGawson Pants, I can't tell if 
you're somebody I know who made this name up just to like give me a nice review or if you're somebody I don't know but either way I love you thank you for doing that for me I very much appreciate it next week I am going to be talking about well actually I said that I would stop doing this however probably next week is going to be Circe by Madeline Miller which is my January book club pick for the book club I'm in I don't pick I'm not I didn't start a book club this is the pick from the book club I joined and it's the first pick where I've actually it was a book I actually wanted to read Circe is a I would say literary fiction and it is a retelling of the Greek myth about Circe who is a witch about halfway through I'm really enjoying it so far so that's probably going to be next week although I did read in between those two books Tears of a Tiger by Sharon Draper but I'm still deciding if I'm going to do an episode on that book or not it's really short only 180 pages and so I'm not really sure what I want to do about it I'm it was recommended to me, actually it was gifted to me by one of my very best friends from college. And so we're going to have a discussion about it and then I'll probably decide if I'm going to um, do a podcast episode or not. I'm feeling conflicted. So maybe you'll get that, maybe you won't. But thank you for listening. This was I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and I'll catch you guys next time.